Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I will talk about motivation and how to stay motivated after you reach success or some level of success. The idea for this episode came from two sources. One, I was out at, I guess it was sort of like a happy hour or little gathering, and I was talking to my friend John, which he and I had had chatted before, and he knew that I had affiliate sites and all the stuff we talk about here on the show. So he knew that I got laid off sometime in the past, and I had the side gig going and took it full-time a few years ago. And that I'm doing it full-time now. And then the other portion is around how to stay motivated after you reach success. And I got that idea from, I think it was a mailbag episode from the TMBA podcast, Tropical MBA. And someone said, hey, I've set up a, a business. I have things basically running on their own. I don't have to put in very much time. And I'm being a little lazy and I'm not sure if I'm shooting myself in the foot and I don't know how to stay motivated now that I've reached some level of success. So two pieces there. So we'll start with my friend, John, and let me lay it out for you just so it kind of makes sense. He wants to start a side hustle. He's a very smart dude. He works in the IT area, I think mostly around software, probably all software, I don't know. But he works in IT and he has a lot of skills and he realizes that he could start something on his own. Now, one one thing that's important to understand is he gets paid a lot of money. So I, I don't know how much, but it sounded like he was very well qualified, very well compensated. And he also generally enjoys his job and enjoys the people that he's working with. So he has a pretty nice setup. He works from home and he doesn't, it didn't sound like he was having any major issues at work, but he wanted to have something on the side. Again, since he has these skills and he he hears stories of people starting up their own businesses and like I said, side gigs, And he's like, I want to try that because, you know, I'm a smart guy, I'm motivated and I really, you know, I want, I want to do something on my own. I want to like feel that pride of starting something on your own. And he, he does work a full-time job, even though he doesn't have to go into the office, he is working a full, you know, full-time gig. So he was going back through, you know, maybe some of my emails that I've sent out or I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but basically he was like, now you said when you had a full-time job that you were waking up super early and just like hammering out content and doing whatever you needed to do, learning, consuming information, building, creating things early in the morning, which is 100% accurate. There was a stretch probably off and on during 2013 to 2015 where I was working, you know, my full-time job. I was actually very productive during those years. I had a middle management position, I would say. Yeah, I had a middle management position. I had a team of anywhere from like 6 to 15 or so. And I was staying pretty busy. I also got promoted 
during that time as well, which took quite a bit of effort overall. In fact, I talked about how I got promoted in my other podcast with the short-lived Survive the 9 to 5. There's about 20 episodes that we recorded, my wife and I. We talked about how to get promoted, and it's not what you think. So I'll put a link for that specific episode. I'm starting to republish those, by the way. So I think there's like two or three out at this point in time. And that was the first podcast that I worked on. And my wife and I were just trying to figure out how to do it from a technical standpoint. And then we um, decided to shut it down after, I think we, we did the show for like six months or so. Anyway, I was waking up very early because I knew it was an easy way for me to carve out the time. If I waited till later in the day, I would either be too tired and unmotivated or I would get busy with some other thing. But usually I would just be too tired. I'm like, ah, fuck. I don't want to work anymore. I just want to like veg out and watch some TV and, you know, cook dinner or do, you know, something outside and not sit at my computer anymore. However, it was fairly straightforward for me to just wake up at 4 a.m., work for a couple hours after I shotgun some caffeine through, I I like coffee. So I have coffee and I would have like a lot of energy and I'd be able to get a couple hours of work done before I started my full-time job. And I probably said this so many times, but I was able to get the best work out of myself in those two hours for the whole day. And then my full-time job was getting, you know, a slightly more tired, a slightly less patient, Doug. You know, you drink that much caffeine, you're going to be a little a little on edge. But I could, I, I did my job fine. Like I said, I was really productive during those years, even though I was not getting as much rest as I needed. And I could actually operate pretty good on six hours per night, or so I thought. Now, as I'm getting older and wiser, and I am sleeping a lot more, I probably could have done even better if I slept eight hours a night. It's just, I I realize now that the caffeine was covering up the fact that I was a little slower and a little more tired and my brain couldn't solve problems as quickly. And I was just a little more stressed out. Of course, can't go back and change it or anything like that. And I don't know how I would have like slept more and still been able to carve out the time that I described here. But the point is, John was like, how did you do it? You know, I'm busy, but you know, I want to start something and I know it'll take time, but I don't know where to grab that time from. And I don't think I want to wake up at 4 a.m. So I think that's, you know, really what it came around to. He's like, how did you stay motivated? How did you get motivated to wake up that early and work? on something that you didn't know if it was going to work or not. I could have been just wasting all that fucking time. And and I wouldn't know until several months later. So I thought about it a little bit. And part of it is I was just interested in the work. I was interested in starting a site. I was interested in learning about the SEO pieces and just trying. It it was kind of weird because I didn't have any of the 
I didn't have any of the drive to be an entrepreneur. I, like it's not anything that was on my radar at all. I literally learned about it from smart passive income, as I've said so many times. And I was, I just thought, hey, this is cool. I, I kind of want to check it out. It seems like a nice blend of technology and trying to earn some money on the side. And I mean, like a lot of people that I've bumped into that have, you know, high incomes, they are working, you know, a lot of times IT jobs and engineering type gigs. They would be thrilled to earn, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars extra per month. That's a car payment. That's enough to pay for an extra vacation. You can invest more into your retirement funds. Like a few hundred dollars a month is very significant, even for people that earn a lot of money. So when I was starting, I was like, ah, if I could just earn like 150, 200 bucks a month, I think the actual goal was to have a site that was earning like $300 a month. And it, it was fantastic once I reached that point. And then it escalated quickly and I earned a lot more, like many thousands, which that really gets your attention. And other people that thought that you were wasting time realized that you can actually like earn a lot of money working online, kind of out of nowhere, like from no experience to a few months of experience, you can earn quite a bit of money. So I was telling John, I think I just was eager to try something. And once I got a little bit of momentum, once I got a few articles published, I thought, oh, this is this is actually working. Like I published, I published something on a website. People can get to it. And then a few weeks later, people actually visited the site. They would search for something and they actually got on the site and that deepened that motivation. And of course, once you start earning money, that's the actual goal. <laughs> once you start earning the money, it's like, oh, holy shit. I, I can't believe it. I remember telling my wife, I made like uh you know, 12 cents, somebody landed on the site, they must've clicked on an ad and I made like 12 cents. So this is working. And then at, at the time, I think I had the eBay uh, affiliate program, the partner program, and I earned a couple bucks for referring people over to eBay. So like it was, it was just proving the model and I got more and more motivated. Of course, after you earn more significant amounts, significant amounts of money, you are really eager to keep going. And one of the most popular types of shows that I have on the Doug show is the success stories. And I get emails every week. And those are the most popular types of shows. I Sometimes it's not phrased that way. It's more like, oh, I really loved Christy's story. It's been great following along. Or Charlie or fill in the blank. There's so many people that I have interviewed. And once you hear enough of those stories, you realize these are regular people that maybe didn't have a background in web development or content or anything that they've been able to pull together. They didn't have any experience in it at all, and they've been able to figure it out. So once you hear enough of those, you're like, oh, I could do it too. So the biggest thing, so once I started earning some money, it was pretty fun, like you can imagine. So I was having a blast 
because I understood that every you know piece of effort that I was putting forward during the 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. period fueled by caffeine and insomnia and in some situations, it was earning me money and it was fun. I loved it. So once it started ramping up and I started earning a little bit more money, I would actually work after I finished the day job as well. I would get up early on the weekends too. I would wake up at 6 a.m. on the weekends, work for a couple hours before my wife got up and you know we started the weekend. So I was like putting in quite a bit of time and I bet I, I never logged it. And I've never been someone to like log how much time I'm spending on a certain thing, which seems weird. It's a lot of people get into that from the productivity standpoint, but I never really gave a shit. So I'll, I'll work on something till it's done or I try not to waste too much time. I think a lot of times people try to identify if they're wasting time in a certain area, but I usually stay on task most of the time. So I was probably putting in, you know, 30 hours a week, something like that, when I was really into it. And I, like I said, I had a blast. It was so much fun to work on the site after a little bit, you know, not too long, but I was starting up mastermind groups. So then I had friends and a little community and a network of people that were also into it. So we would we would be on Skype actually back back in the day. We'd be on Skype chatting back and forth and we'd meet every week and you know my network got bigger and bigger and it was you know really fun not only the work but now I had you know friends and peers to talk about what we were working on, learn other things from them and just be aware. So at the end of the day, it ended up being fun. And that is just how my, my mind works. And I see this, you know, the same thing today with YouTube channels or forums or other places where a community will spawn up and discord or something. And often it's around some person creating content like a YouTuber or a blogger, but the results are pretty much the same. People are sharing their information and now there's a community and folks will motivate each other. And I think that could be a little piece that's missing for John. And, and part of that could be you know, where he's getting the information or where he's learning from. And he's doing pretty well. You know, he he has a good job. The terms of his job sound like they're it's set up pretty good. His lifestyle is good. And that could be another piece, right? He's not in very much pain, which is great. I mean, no, no one wants to be in that situation. But when I look back, I was really productive at my job, but it kind of fucking sucked. I mean, I didn't like it. It was, you know, corporate politics. I was trying to get promoted for years. I was trying to get promoted to consulting manager for years. And it was mostly about politics. It wasn't about me doing a good job being productive or anything like that. It was putting in the time and playing the political game so that enough people would sort of vote for me to be promoted, which eventually I figured out. And I was like, you know what, if I just 
don't worry about my job too much and then just worry about getting promoted and networking, then I'll probably get promoted. And fucking A, that's exactly what happened. So I did put in the time, but at the end of the day, my raise sucked. It was like 8% or something like that. So, you know, in hindsight, if I would give somewhat advice about, you know, working through the, the corporate BS and thinking about maximizing your earnings, it would be change jobs every two to three years, learn what you can from a place and then move on. Because whenever you quit a job and go to a a different company, that's when you get the big raises. I only changed jobs once. And I got, I think it was like a 15, 18% raise, something like that. And that's, I mean, that's the way to do it. And I know when I was working, it seemed like people that were jumping around a lot every, you know, two years or so that they weren't as good of employees or at least people talk shit about them because the managers didn't want to have to like rehire people and they don't want to bring you on and onboard and then you're just going to quit a few months later. So I think two years gives you about the right amount of time so you're not too much of a flight risk and it gives you enough time to hopefully learn something. Of course, I wouldn't necessarily suggest people get a corporate job. Not at all. But if you do go that route, you can learn a lot while being paid, hopefully pretty well. And if you want to maximize those earnings, then switching jobs is a great way to do it. Thanks to Ezoic for sponsoring this episode, especially their new product, Leap. Leap provides everything from optimization features to diagnostics so that websites can pass core web vitals. It was built for publishers, and in fact, it's free to people that monetize with Ezoic. And it allows visitors to load pages instantly using Ezoic Cloud to serve new core web vital friendly ads using lightning fast server side Ezoic edge technology. And basically, Ezoic helps your site load faster and get those green core web vitals. And you can also simplify speeding up your site and cut the cost. So you can optimize everything from code to content using the features designed to eliminate the need for costly third-party technology and plugins. And basically what happens, and this happened to me, you try to add more and more plugins to optimize, to maybe minimize your CSS or minimize your JavaScript or something like that. And you end up with several different plugins and technologies, but basically you can just use Leap. And generally, and this is the stats that Ezo excites, the average site is able to remove 3.5 optimization features, technologies, or plugins, saving them $250 per year when they're using Leap for free. So thanks a lot to Ezoic and be sure to check out Leap. The next part is about staying motivated after you reach some success. So I'll link up to the Tropical MBA podcast where Dan and Ian talked about this. They have their own, you know, spin on the whole thing. The I don't remember the exact question, but like I mentioned before, someone 
essentially set up a business. I think maybe it was some sort of a marketing agency. So they were able to hire people to outsource the actual delivery of the service and then hire a couple managers to make sure everything runs smoothly and had a pipeline of new clients coming in. So everything was running smoothly. It sounded like they were making good money. I'm not sure if they were in the geo arbitrage situation where maybe they were living at a low cost of living place and earning quite a bit of money, but you get the general idea. And the person was basically like, ah, I feel like I'm wasting time because I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos and largely just messing around, not trying to grow the business, not trying to expand just in a holding pattern. So before I get to the meat of that question, I want to give a quick shout out to the new microphone that I'm using. So this company sent me the mic free of charge. So, you know, thanks for doing that. It is called a Tula mic, T-U-L-A. And it's kind of cool. It actually has shockingly surprised me. So my current mic that I have been using and it's outfitted throughout my podcast and YouTube studio is a Shure MV. Yeah, I think that's it. Shure MV7. Shure MV7. And it's a a USB mic, but you could also plug in an XLR cable and it works great. It's very good at Um, sort of isolating the sound. And I was surprised because I'm using this Tula mic to record right now. I'm shocked that it sounds so good. And they didn't pay me to say anything. They just sent me a mic to test it out. And I'm, you know, of course, under no obligation to say anything specific. I'm just using it. Now, one of the cool things with the mic is it has like a noise cancellation feature. And I am not in a very noisy place, but the furnace and all the the ducts and stuff are right around me in the basement zone. So sometimes those will kick on and make some noise. This Tula mic has a noise cancellation feature, which seems to function very closely to like my AirPod Pros, where I can turn on the noise cancellation. And like if you're on an airplane or something, just that loud engine noise just kind of drifts off into the background and you don't hear it anymore. It's just like this on this Tula mic. So again, I'm pretty impressed. The other thing is it has a, I think a cardioid type pickup. So it's just like one side. However, there's a function where you can turn it to an omnidirectional mic. I think that is kind of similar to like the Blue Yeti or similar mics where you could change the pickup pattern. So right now I'm using the, the cardioid, the, you know, just the front, the front microphone setting here. And like I said, it's working really good. I have it mounted on a just a standard mic stand, but you could put it on like scissor arm mic stands if you want to, but I just wanted to test it out for today. The other cool thing that it has, which is a little bit unique and different from the Yeti, is it is, well, it's a very small form factor. It's probably the size of like a, like a, a wallet or something like that. No, it's about the size of a credit card. 
And then the thickness is like an inch and a half or so, something like that. And you can use it as a mobile recorder, basically. So if I you know, threw this in my pocket, which it would fit, if I threw it in my pocket, I could go, you know, walk somewhere, walk to a brewery, perhaps sit down with a friend and then like record a podcast episode, like right in front of me and just turn it on and use it as a little mobile recorder. So pretty good. And like I said, I was I'm honestly a little surprised how well the noise cancellation is working and just generally how good it sounds. So I will put a link out there. I think they may have a, an affiliate program. So if they, they do, I'll probably put that link, which I'll get a commission for. But uh, so far, so good. I haven't used it out in the field, but I will probably give it a try. I think it records like uh, 12 hours or so. It's like eight gigs of memory. And the only gripe that I have is there's a lot of buttons on the sides and there are no, there's no like display screen at all. So typically in the past for mobile recorders, I have used a Zoom H4 or a Zoom uh, PodTrack P4 and they have little screens. So you kind of know what's going on. But with the Tula, there's just buttons and a couple indicator LEDs all over the thing. So as I, you know, just turned it on, I'm like, oh, what does this button do? What does that that one do? So there's a little bit more of a learning curve, which I mean, any device is going to have a little bit of a learning curve. But as I'm learning how to use it, I'm like, ah, what do I need to do with that? Like I, I need to have the little manual out, which isn't unusual. I mean, if something, if some device has a lot of functionality, like you're, you're probably going to have to take a look at the manual. So Anyway, shout out to the this tool of mic. Let me know if you have any uh, thoughts. If you if you noticed that I was using a different microphone or anything like that. All right, back on topic. So, how to stay motivated after success? This is an interesting one. I have at this point, I have reached some you know success markers. Um, you know, one was just like earning some money myself online with no no corporate structure, no middleman taking their cut, nothing like that. And further, you know, once I got laid off, I was able to, you know, earn some money the first year. It was, you know, a slower year just in general, but I I was profitable. And then as time went on, I was able to like grow the business in a pretty you know, dramatic way, especially when I look back at say tax returns, I'm like, wow, that's, that's, I earned a lot of money in those uh, early years. Now my motivation didn't necessarily drop, but I needed to shift to other areas to stay interested. So I have, you know, slowly added on different things that I find pretty fun to work on. So at some point, I started doing more video and more YouTube. At some point, I started this podcast. And I'm just kind of staying a little bit ahead of my interest and, you know, never dropping anything completely, but at times, you know, migrating. I used to have more affiliate sites, but I didn't enjoy doing the work as much. And I decided to, you know, shift into other areas a little bit more and spend time on things that I enjoy 
more. Now, the person that sent in the question, they were, you know, maybe wasting a little time. It didn't sound like they were necessarily checking out YouTube videos to learn something to implement later. It sounded like maybe they were just, you know, goofing off and watching silly videos. And to be honest, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. The way the question was phrased, it made Dan and Ian and and myself think that maybe the person was on the younger side. So I'm 42 and, you know, worked in a corporate gig for about 10 years. I have been working for myself for a few years and I kind of have, you know, at my middle-aged time frame here, I have kind of a a better idea like how I want to spend my time and looking back at my 20s and 30s, like sort of understanding things on a deeper level and judging myself (laughs) for being so dumb at different points in in time. So I have a feeling maybe this person, once they get a few more years under their belt, they will see that they can probably get a little bit more motivation. And I think, you know, part of it is that person, at least the the way it was phrased, it sounded like they were making good money from a cash flow perspective, but didn't necessarily have an idea about, you know, future wealth or what things would look like in the future. Zooming out, looking out, say, 10 years, 15, 25 years out, like, What do I need to do now to make sure I'm in good shape then? So I don't think that they were looking that far ahead. They were just like, hey, the money is fine right now. No big deal. So as I've gotten more into financial independence and the personal finance area and understanding investing for, you know, long-term situation, I suspect that person does not have a roadmap of where they want to be in a few years. Of course, you know, all all these plans could change, but it is important to be moving in some direction and make some assumptions to estimate what you want to save, what you want to invest, what you want to earn just in general. And then you can back into, you know, whatever you need to. And you can start with an end in mind, of course, and think, hey, I want to save and have uh, X amount invested by the time I'm 40 or 50 or whatever, you may map it out using like the 4% rule, for example, where you understand your annual expenses, and then you can multiply that by 25, and then you see how much you probably should have to be able to draw 4% of your nest egg per year, which is a great rule of thumb to, to start with. It's not going to be exactly right. Your expenses will change over time, but it gives you a very nice ballpark. And I mean, when you peel it back, you, you're saving 25 years worth of your expenses. So if you invest that properly, I mean, that'll get you, that'll get you in a pretty good spot and you will have plenty of time to adapt if your returns are, are lower than you expect or adapt if they're bigger than than what you might expect. And it, it really just kind of eases the burden of how much you need to earn on an annual basis. So when I think about how to stay motivated, 
I would say, you know, that person is not in a bad spot if they are wasting a little time. I think it is totally fine to take a break and be lazy and hang out, watch YouTube videos, travel around, spend some money, have some fun. And I think over time, you will probably get bored. You'll get a little bit bored and then you'll start coming up with ideas that will probably be a little productive and probably will earn some money for you. Me personally, once I hit you know some level of success, I realized I'm making good money and I am probably just going to stay in somewhat of a holding pattern. And that's what I've done. So I, I have a lot of friends who continue to push hard and work hard to earn a lot more money. And it's great. I mean, it's a really, you know, it's a good way to measure your success is like how much money you're earning. It's not the only thing, right? There's other factors, time, freedom, what you're doing with your time, how much, how much effort do you want to put in? How much stress do you want to hold? Do you want to have a team full of people? And when I looked at what I wanted to do and what I needed to live and invest and, and reach the goals that I had in mind, a lot of it was around not working as much and having free time and flexibility to do things that I wanted to do and not working as many days. Generally, I'm working about three days a week, most weeks. And in 2021, I took less time off, about two months or so. But the previous two years in 2019 and 2020, I took about three months off per year, which is a lot. I worked more days per week in those couple years, but generally I'm trying to not be in front of my computer quite as much. I didn't necessarily get bored, but I have been more lazy. One thing that grew out of that is I realized how much I do like podcasting and started that other show with my friend, Carl Jensen, Mile High Five. And as I was doing more of that and meeting, you know, other other people in the financial independence community, I was like, this, this is great. I love talking to these folks and getting to know them better. It'd be great to have a podcast network. So through my, not necessarily boredom, but through my interest, I have, you know, started doing something that actually is productive, will potentially take up more time, but it's pretty fun. And I'm working with people that I want to work with and I'm, I'm pretty excited. It may end up causing me to work a little bit more, but I think it's okay because it's going to be something that I enjoy. So here after I've reached some success and been a little bit lazy, I have discovered that I want to spend some time doing something kind of productive again. And it will I mean, potentially when I look at the things that I've worked on and maybe the growth trajectory of podcast in general, the interest in personal finance, I'm thinking I'm working on something that potentially can be bigger than I've, you know, done. It can be bigger than anything that I've done in the past, which is very, I mean, that's crazy because I thought I was doing pretty well before. And this is just something that, you know, honestly, after after years of like working on content in general, this opportunity popped up kind of out of nowhere. Like it's sort of impossible to replicate. If you if you look back 
I, I couldn't have planned it. It just kind of happened. So anyway, I'm curious what you have to say about motivation, staying motivated. I know a lot of people in the audience have jobs that they don't love necessarily. Some people hate their jobs or they're just too demanding and people want to spend more time with their family or on their hobbies or traveling or whatever and just have more flexibility. So when you do have a strong sort of anti-motivator where you're like, fuck, I don't want to, I don't want to do this job anymore. I don't want to sit in traffic anymore. I don't want to deal with a boss that I don't like working with and that makes bad decisions. When you have that kind of motivation, it does make it a little bit easier to, you know, wake up at four in the morning and kind of grind it out so that you can get away from that negative situation. So anyway, shoot me an email, feedback at Doug.show if you have any thoughts on the motivation piece or if there's you know some area where you really related to maybe John, for example, or myself, or if you've reached some success and you're like, ah, I like I don't know what I don't know what to do. I feel like I should just keep growing this thing, which is kind of a dangerous treadmill. And I I saw myself, you know, kind of going that route for a bit and then realized like, oh, I, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape financially. I don't have to work for like the same reason. So if I, if I want to do it for sure, but it, the money portion of it is not as important as it was in say 2015 or 16 or 17 or whatever. So it, it's a very... I know it's a very luxurious place to be in and very fortunate to be there and, or to be here, I guess, where I don't have to worry as much about it. So anyway, if you want to hear more on this topic, let me know. If you want me to dive into other areas, do shoot me an email, feedback at Doug.show. And one of the best things you can do to help support the show is to tell a friend about it. If you you know, want extra credit, you can leave a review wherever you listen. And I mean, really the big thing is just you know, for, forward a favorite episode of yours over to a friend or someone that would enjoy it. And then that's how we spread the word. So have a great day out there and we'll catch you on the next episode.